Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Hey, what's happening from a little baseball diamond out here in St. John's County, Bartram Trail High School, one of the top teams in the state, Class 7A. We figured Major League Baseball opening day might as well have a baseball field as the setting. Brent Martineau here on the road once again. We'll be on the road really all week going to uh, Hidden Hills Country Club tomorrow, part of the Dream 18 card that you can get on ESPN690.com. So come on out to Hidden Hills tomorrow. And today, come down to Bartram Trail and see some good baseball, even softball here, and get a little wind uh, as well, because it's a breezy day here on a Thursday. We've had a temperature shift. I think the cold front has gone through or something like that, uh, because it was crazy uh, warm yesterday and uh, a little on the cooler side today. Austin Lane back in the Action Sports Jack Studios. Coos as well. What's happening? Nothing much, man. Just watching uh, the Brewers-Twins game right now. What time did they go? 2 o'clock? 2.10 was the official start time. Check your local listings. Yeah, i got to love that central time with those 2.10 Eastern starts. Oh, yeah. And so we got Major League Baseball opening day. People locked in. Uh, you got the Yankees that helped tip things off. A 2-2 game right now with the Blue Jays, an exciting team. Blue Jays trying to make an early statement. I don't know how big of a statement you can make in a 162-game season in day one. But uh, the Tigers up 3-0. Uh, Pirates uh, on the Indians, that is. Pirates up 2-1 over the Cubs. That's uh, early. And uh, you mentioned the Brew Crew. Why don't I see their score? The, zero, is, zero right now. Just just got going an hour ago, but I can't even find it in my uh, – they must not put that one in the headlines of, of my scores. I have to dig deep Only for, for the one. diehards, Brent. Only for the diehard baseball Fighting fans. Fighting Rocco Baldelli's against the Brew Crew. You better believe it. Uh, so but we will talk a little bit about baseball. You know, we got to finish a couple of things yesterday. We, we have to do it. We did our annual leadoff hitter of the year contest, but we also have to do our judge versus Stanton. Who you picking? Who oh, with the homer. Is that an annual thing? Uh, it's got to be, yeah. Okay. I mean, I hope hope they lead, one wins that like with twelve home runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, we will do that, and we never we, we got all through our picks, and we never did the World Series. It's kind of totally forgot about it. It's a good point. Uh, so we'll get to that, um, and we will do that. Uh, along the way. So, uh, good to be here. Hey, some of the NFL uh, rule changes, the NFL owners meetings are going on in a virtual way. It's, it's interesting. These are events that we usually would cover. And in the last year, there's so many things that we don't cover because we're not allowed to be there. And I'm still not really sure my mental calendar has, like, got us back to normalcy. And I guess, in reality, we're not fully back to normalcy. But it feels like we're headed there. Uh, but as long as they have virtual events still, like... Uh, these owners' meetings, and, and we're not allowed to go down there and, and kind of see the, the lay of the land and what everybody's talking about. You almost forget about some of these events. But we got the 17-game season. Now they're going through some of the rule changes, a little bit more replay potentially, the eye in the sky. I do like the concept of that, Austin, because I think if there's an egregious mistake, I always call it the PW3 button, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you can say it from your couch, then – and then somebody in that stadium or somebody in New York or somebody wherever should be able to say, whoa, 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 guys, this is crazy, all right? Now we're hurting the integrity of the sport a little bit because we missed one so badly. Yeah. And so I'm okay with that. doesn't look like they're going to add an eighth official, but they might add that element where somebody can kind of come in and not just help with some of the things they already help with, but maybe say, hey, guys, you really missed this one. Let's, let's, let's take a look. I don't mind that. 
No, I mean, the, the more eyes on it, the better, as long as it doesn't get too convoluted and slow the game down too much. But I would rather them, you know, take the extra couple minutes, have an extra set of eyes on it to make the right call, as opposed to, you know, a team getting screwed over when the game's on the line. And then also, you, you don't go to the playoffs, you don't advance to the playoffs because of it. Yeah, it, well, and that's the thing, right? I mean, you don't want something, especially in a big-time spot. And the NFL is only 17 weeks, so big-time spots uh, can be certainly judgmental. Uh, one game can cost you a whole heck of a lot. Uh, we'll go through some of these rules and, and some of the things that, you know, teams are even proposing. Uh, you know, the Ravens are the ones that added that they proposed that, that eighth official that would have access to television replay and be positioned somewhere other than the field. Uh, now, the question is, can you do all that stuff quickly? You know, and maybe you can. Uh, no overtime in the preseason. I, <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's good enough, right? I mean, everybody plays to avoid overtime in the preseason anyway. Yeah, I mean, obviously it doesn't count against the record at all. Maybe the Baltimore Ravens got an issue with it because they're undefeated for the past decade, it seems like, in preseason. But overall, I'm cool with that. You don't want to elongate meaningless games, so cool. All right, so listen to this one. Allowing a maximum of nine players in the setup zone, in quotes, the 15-yard area behind the restraining line when set up for a kickoff return. This proposal could make it a bit easier to recover onside kicks, a challenge that has grown harder since the NFL's 2018 revamp of the kickoff. The Eagles proposed a more radical change, giving teams an option for one play to gain 15 yards to keep possession after a score, but similar suggestions have failed to receive enough votes in previous years. There was some talk that that theory, that idea, had gained some momentum. I still feel like that's a little bit gimmicky to me, but I, I also believe I would fall in love with it quickly, the whole 15-yard play. I do think they have to do something to give me an opportunity to give my team a chance, and I feel like a chance, I still have a chance. The onside kick right now, Austin, is like, you ain't recovering that, right? I mean, it, it's just so, it, it, more often than, you, listen, in the past, more often than not, you're not going to recover it anyway. But now it's almost like defunct. Like, you, it's really almost impossible to recover it. So I like the idea of being able to, at least my, my team has one more chance to make this last-ditch effort. What's the right way to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think that is the right way to do it, to, to increase the possibility of an onside kick recovery. I think the way it goes now is the only way you get the onside kick back is if a, you know, a opponent on the receiving team makes a mistake, whether the ball bounces off them, uh, they fumble the ball or something of that nature. How, you know, and how common is that? I mean, you know, it used to be the onside kick. It seemed like, well, you never know what's going to happen. Well, now you got a pretty good fair shot. I'm not sure what, exactly what the percentages are of, you know, the, the onside kick conversion. But any chance to get it a little higher, I'm all for it because, you know, people are in tune to the last seconds of a game that's close. So why not make it more interesting and why not give the receiving team a chance to recover? Well, it's the one, you know, what I really like about the college game and, you know, I'm not like this massive fan of any college team. But what I like about the college game is in the final few minutes, even if you're down a couple of scores, you feel like you have a chance because the clock stops all the time. So the game's like never ending, you know, like if you get the ball back at your own 15 yard line in the NFL with 40 seconds to play and you have no timeouts, you've got no chance, really. I mean, you need an absolute miracle. If you get the ball back at your own 18-yard line with no timeouts and 40 seconds left to play in college football, like you feel like you have a chance, like because the clock stops with the time uh, with the first down. 
I actually would not mind that rule in the NFL. Uh, because it does feel like, you know, those final two minutes so often are ending with kneel downs instead of uh, realistic chances to um, to win the game, come back and win the game. I really like that part of as a viewer, as a consumer uh, of the college game versus the NFL game. And I guess that's what we're getting down to. Like, how do you make it even more dramatic, right? How do you give yourself a chance? How do you keep people right to the end? And it almost, and t- at times, I feel like the NFL game has a, bit of a feel of, it's a bit anticlimactic where you're like okay well that's it there goes the last uh one minute and 40 seconds because they just you know melted the clock down once again uh, is that too drastic no i don't think it's drastic i mean you know not every game can be you know the cardinals bills game of last year where kyle murray threw that that hail mary and um everyone's at the edge of their seat obviously i was because you know i felt about kyler murray last year so um i I don't think it's too aggressive you know i I think that the nfl embraces making exciting games and um making games that are super competitive and and sometimes you know we've had games where they're just blowouts and i understand that's always going to happen you know so that's just the way that the the landscape of the nfl works but at the same time if you have an opportunity um to make it just even a little more exciting why wouldn't you do that if you're the nfl in terms of ratings everything like that so yeah, I don't think it's too aggressive. Let's see what else we have here, okay? A, signif- a significant restriction on blocking below the waist beyond five yards of the line of scrimmage and two yards outside of the offensive tackle. I think the casual fans like, okay, tell me when it's called. Prohibiting playoff teams from signing players who had been cut by teams whose seasons were complete. That's an interesting one. And didn't that happen this year? I mean, this past year's rules were really funny. Remember it was the Green Bay guy? Like who had went for he was like a practice squatter I think Green Bay ended up signing and he had driven from like New York to maybe Cleveland and then played like in two playoff games in the same week yeah or was on the roster for it yeah um, I wonder if that's a little bit you know once you know if you're gonna pick somebody up you better go pick him up from like the CFL or a guy that's uh, hasn't played or isn't on a roster I, I think that's what they're saying. I don't mind that, but I also don't know of this just crazy example of a player who's impacted a postseason so much because he had just been picked up by a team that season was over. Yeah, I understand that. I mean, it can come down to that one day. You know, um, I don't have an issue with it per se, but at the same time, I can see an issue where if a, if a guy is on a playoff team and he goes to another playoff team, like, there could be like insider, you know, like trading, you could say, or something like that, where, yeah, yeah. you know, I just, yeah, I, I don't think it's it's the it's the most fair thing. I think that once you're in the playoffs, um, the rosters are set in terms of sure you can bring on free agents and things like that, but as far as like trading for for players, like listen, there's a reason why you can't trade week 14, week 15 in fantasy football. Because there could be collusion. So I think the same thing should be applied, actually, uh, in the regular NFL, where once you get to the playoffs, you know, trades probably aren't going to be a thing, or even signing a guy from a different team aren't going to be a thing. All right, two more uh, here. Uh, Requiring teams to report tryouts and visits to the league office throughout the year. I don't think we really care about that. I just wonder if Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter are the ones that presented that rule proposal. That way they can get all the the breaking news. Oh, absolutely, man. Everyone's got (laughs) to... Look out for themselves. I get it. <laughs> and the last one, a request from the Kansas City Chiefs to relax rules for uniform numbers. Are you a uniform number guy? And you were number 92 when you played for the Jags. If you couldn't have been number 92, uh, or or if you didn't have to be number 92, or have this that that 
what is it uh, as a defensive end, like 92, 99 or something? Yeah, they, and then they can go in the 50s too, I think, as well. That's right, yeah. yeah. And so if you didn't have to do that, would you have chosen some wild and crazy number or different number? No, I don't think so because, like, uh, you know, I came up out of high school rocking 88, and then um, college was 97, and then NFL was 92. So I would probably be a two-digit guy. But, like, I, you know, Jalen Ramsey says that he's trying to get number two now, and uh, I'm sure you're going to see some big defensive tackles if this rule goes in, you know, rocking that single-digit number. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. Like, I have no problem, you know, with, with the uniform numbers. I know people are making a big deal about it. It's actually probably the biggest rule implemented in terms of trending on Twitter right now because everyone seems to be talking about it. Um, sure. I mean, hey, if, if, if defensive tackles want to rock a single digit and the coaches are cool with it, why not? The, the, the more the merrier. Uh, you know, we we, we kind of live in a time where we've got to cater to everybody, you know, and we've got to keep thinking about everybody's needs. Well, think about the big defensive tackle that wants to wear number two or number three. Let them do it, man. Here's the thing about the numbers. Like, I would say from a player perspective and from an overall perspective, I'm like, who cares? But I will say this is if you are now the NFL, it's actually more difficult to, to kind of identify in college because the numbers are all over the place. When I see – and I'm watching a game, and I'm not super familiar with that team. I'm like, okay, that's the linebacker. It's got to be, right? I mean, he's wearing like uh, 50-something, you know? Yeah. So you do kind of – you're so used to it. Again, as the consumer and watching it, you're like, okay, the corner probably made that play because I can see his number. I can't – you know, it's not a game where face recognition is a thing. Number recognition and body type are the way we identify and so I do think because we've been kind of brainwashed and, and it's a learned thing by watching the NFL so much that, hey, corners wear these numbers and running backs wear these numbers, it is kind of an easy identifier uh, for a viewer. I'm not sure it matters much, Austin, but I do think it, it would look a little weird and take a bit of an adjustment for us, the viewer. Um, it could. You know, I mean, I guess it depends how close you're watching the game. Um, I think the viewer eventually would, would adjust to it. I don't think it would be that big of a deal. I mean, hey, if a guy weighs 240 pounds and he's in the middle of the field, he's probably a linebacker. You know, if a guy's 300 pounds, he's rocking number five, well, he's still probably a defensive tackle. So I think, I mean, I get that people can get used to it, but it'll only take a couple games, I feel like, to, to get fully adjusted. All right, so just give me a number. What, what number would you want to do instead of number 92 if you could do this, if they change it? Just, I mean, where, where are you going with it? Man, um, I mean, I would go back to 88, you know, as, as probably can't. I mean, I guess I could fly as a defensive end. I'd probably go back to 88 just okay. because I, I would go back and uh, live my high school roots. All right. Yeah. That's fair enough. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm not a numbers guy either. So, like, to me, this stuff doesn't matter, but uh, it, it would be interesting. And the other thing about it is, is if they did change the rule, I remember the, the – it's interesting you brought up Jalen Ramsey because Ramsey, remember when he could have had uh, – uh, was it James Sample switched uh, or got cut, mm. and he wouldn't give 23 at first, but then he was like, well, maybe I'll go to 23, but he'd already had 20, and he would have to buy, like, the uniform, the jerseys that were out there at number 20, so it actually is a costly endeavor for a player. Now, what I wonder is, would players move because and switch numbers uh, because their brand's already been built and because it could be costly, or would they get a pass on the costly part of it if they implemented a new rule? Uh, and so if you did change, like in the first 12 months of this new rule, would you have to still, you know, buy up all those jerseys and all the rules that exist? I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, and it's way inside football, and really I don't care about the answer to that. But uh, I wonder if more guys would move numbers is the point um, or not if this rule were to go through. Again, that's just a proposal. Uh, we'll see if it happens uh, or any of these happen.
um, along the way. So I always love the the thing about rule proposals I like at these meetings. It's like something had to happen to you as a team to then start to change the rule, right? The Saints obviously tried to create the pass interference thing. They proposed some changes because they got robbed. Yeah. Uh, here's one, a rule change from the Rams to impose a loss of down if a second forward pass from behind the line and for a pass thrown after the ball returns behind the line. I don't even get that. But the Rams had a play like that work against them last season when Tampa's Tom Brady caught his own pass, then threw it again. Okay, now I do get it. So basically he caught his own pass and threw it again. And was was that able to be a completion? I kind of remember that play. But I guess that's not a penalty, and they're asking for a loss of down. I think it would be a penalty anyway, or maybe just an incomplete pass, um, the way that goes, because he had caught it. I think he can only run with it. He can't throw it for a second time. Um, But who knows? I got you putting your zebra hat on today, Austin. Yeah, I know. You know how I feel about the zebras. It's crazy right now. Um, Yeah, I'm not sure about the whole Tom Brady thing. I kind of remember the play, but I can't remember how they ruled it. Yeah, I always thought that if a quarterback threw it and it got deflected back to him, then you got you got to run with it. You can't throw it again. But maybe, maybe that was never the rule. I have no well, idea. Well, no, no. I think that is the rule, and I okay. kind of think that's what happened. Um, and, and so they're presenting like a loss of down for that. I don't know. That's kind of a tricky one. I, I I'd have to go back and see exactly what happened on that play. But my point being is, you, you know, if the Jags have something go wrong, uh, you know, and it's it's like catastrophic. And I guess you kind of could go to like Miles Jack wasn't down, and I don't know if they tried to implement any rules after that, but they might have been a big advocate for not blowing the whistle after that. Uh, but it's moments like that that uh, that spark a lot of these rule changes. And then, of course, they have the competition committee and everything else uh, that do it along the way. Uh, any update on your Brewer score? Yeah, they're down 2 nothing Already? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's the third inning. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch Major League Baseball this year. They say they deadened the ball uh, to a degree, and uh, what that will do to the balls flying out of the yard, who knows. We have had two postponements already, the Red Sox. Uh, why do they schedule games in Boston on April 1st? Like, That's a good call. I, I just That still baffles me. Now, here are the home sites. Milwaukee, <laughs> April 1st baseball. Is that... Is that uh, incl- is that the uh, yeah they have the re- that's inside right yeah they got the roof they have the retractable roof so that makes sense okay Yankees sure yeah, they're fortunate to be getting that one in on April first uh, of course the op- <laughs> the alternative would have been Toronto uh, Detroit yep thirty one degrees right now in Detroit Gosh, such bad baseball weather Chicago mm-hmm. Philadelphia San Diego Denver. Denver, it might be snowing. Who knows? Cincinnati. Miami. There you go. It's a good spot. Kansas City. Washington and the Mets postponed because of uh, COVID, actually. And uh, the Angels. Okay, get it. Athletics. Probably can sneak it in, although this time of year can be kind of weird weather out there. And Seattle, uh, probably a bit similar. I would not. I understand they don't want to give up the gates. I, I just don't understand why you don't try to schedule more games as south as you can. It's unavoidable in spots, but I would do that for the first week and a half of the season. I mean, really, if, if money wasn't an issue, you'd probably just stay down at the spring training sites for the first couple of weeks of the season and not worry about weather. 
Not for sure, because, you know, you're, you're baseball players. Let's be honest. I mean, you guys got to have it absolutely right. Temperature's got to be okay. Uh, I was. It's funny. I'm, I was following the Brewers game on the way here, and there was some big discrepancy of the twin starting pitcher. Um, I'm trying to think who the guy is. The guy that they traded for um, from the Dodgers. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. Um, Mado, whatever. M- oh, Mado. Yeah, Mado. Yeah. So, like, he, he's never worn long sleeves before. So, like, <laughs> they were wondering, well, is he going to do it today? Because it's in Milwaukee, but it's it's indoors, but it's still chilly, obviously. I mean, there's always so much you can do. And there's, like, tw- I think there's 12,000 fans there. So, like, they're making a big deal about how he kind of came out um, a little wild because he wasn't wearing long sleeves and they didn't make, like, he was cold or whatever. So, like, yeah, th- there's that big discrepancy right now. <laughs> Must be Listen. opening day in the MLB. Listen, I know you guys are tough. Football guys are tough. Baseball guys are not tough. But baseball should not be played in 30-degree weather, okay? Mm. I mean, football, there's some there's a romanticism to playing in, like, negative 10 degrees. There is not in baseball. It, it's the boys of summer, man. Soft. Yeah, I get soft. it. Like, true. Soft. soft. You're right. Yes. But soft as Charmin. Celebrate the softness. Uh, oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah. You want to celebrate the softness. I don't celebrate softness, Brent. Uh, we'll get tough as nails when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Austin Lane. The Rock, out of nowhere, buys the XFL during a pandemic, mind you, goes half in with his ex-wife. So now you're going to visit with your ex-wife. Brent Martineau. I don't know if that's on the business advice list action sports jacks on espn 690 well when you talk about a cookie cutter prototype quarterback and you're going to ask him to do multiple things i think trevor lawrence hits all of those boxes right he has the height he has the speed he has the arm talent he has the physical toughness and for what we know he also has the mental capability uh, one thing that i think is interesting when talking to guys around the league uh, they do want to see him take less hits uh, because as quarterbacks in the NFL, you've got to make sure that you minimize your hits. And and so you want to be tough when you have to be, but you also want to protect yourself so that you're available for your team. Oh, I don't have a good feel for that one. I don't have a good feel for who that is. I got nothing. Uh, that voice does not sound familiar at all to me. Who's that ESPN? Uh, a former NFL quarterback. Ooh, former NFL quarterback. He is talking about Trevor Lawrence, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, Older NFL quarterback? Older. Ryan Leaf? No. Mm-hmm. How about Jordan Palmer? No, that's Chad Pennington. Ah, okay, Chad. yeah, okay. Chad. Hey, you know what? Pennington did a nice job on the broadcast. Uh, oh, no, no, I'm thinking Sanchez. That's who I liked. I thought Sanchez did a nice job in some of that. I think it was the college football stuff. I was, I think he was pretty good. Um, I, I don't think I've seen or heard Pennington as much, but I think Sanchez could be pretty good. Uh, at least the small sample I saw of him uh, the last uh, few years. We'll talk a little bit more Trevor Lawrence. We'll talk a mock draft that McShay has. That's a little odd to me. <laughs> I guess not completely odd, but I almost. Hey Austin, you know we got shock your mock coming up. You better believe it. And what I'd like to do is I want to take, like, some of the the analysts. Hesitate to call them experts. Ouch. But uh, I want to take some of the analysts, and I want you to shock their mocks. Like, that would be fun. 
hey man, I brought this idea up like four times. What oh. do you mean? I didn't. I wasn't listening. I, I guess not. Goose, how many times have I said we should take the, the experts, quote unquote, and shock their mock? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I've heard you say it. Oh yeah. Well, I think once oh, you yeah. saying it, you you were kind of like. Uh, you, I think I remember you having the conversation like, "Hey, we should bring on Fitz, right, and see uh, if he's got a mock or something like that." Well, I said we should take like a Mel Kiper you know, mock draft or whatever, and just you know, just obviously hammer. just grill him because I have no loyalty to him because he didn't know who really I was. <laughs> yes, I so yeah. Like, but I even like good good uh, good people, local guy. Like John Shipley from SI. I mean, we'd take his, his seven-round mock and just shred it. Yeah, but John's a cool dude, though, man. Yeah, so what? It doesn't matter. You're not you're not immune. Well, 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 well then you do it. What are you it. saying? Mel's a bad guy? Well, then you do it. No, because like, I, don't, I don't know you Mel. You know McShay's know a bad guy. Shipley's a good guy. So what? Let's rip him. So then you rip him. I'll you, it's hey, it's I'll your sh- job to rip him. I'll shock my mock how I want to shock it, and you can shock your mock how you want to shock it. How's I'll, that sound? I'll send Shipley a damn T-shirt if he wants. That's cool. <laughs> no, nah, man, that dude, that dude works hard. I'm trying to, you know, get on his bad graces. <laughs> Nothing That's but love for John Shipley. Nothing but love for John Shipley. Hey, I'm just trying to make some friends in the, in the, you know, obviously in the departments because I'm just trying to get my, my credentials back so I can go to a game this year. Yeah. So I'm trying to get some kind of friend in this whole game. Yeah, well, you better keep working on your friendships then because so far Shipley ain't helping you. No, no one's helping me, man. Me and Kuz just out here just wanting some free egg rolls at the football game and we can't even get in. So it is what it is. I'll throw you a hot dog. Just stand below. All right, deal. Sounds like a plan. I feel like a hot dog or a brat today, a little sausage sandwich on a on a uh, on a Major League Baseball opening day, right outside Fenway Park. Oof, peppers and onions on that thing, a little mustard. Oh, your mouth watering. Yes, it is. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Hey, uh, Marco Wilson, a really good article yesterday. Gator had a uh, the shoe toss incident. That's him. Um, ran a very good time, by the way. Do you, take him and in that article, Elijah Moore. You remember him from uh, Ole Miss? And he, oh yeah, he, he was the uh, the kind of Pete in the end zone guy. Yeah, yeah. And um, not literally, but figuratively. And I was at which, that which game, is even worse. Way. Yeah, I, mean, I, was yeah, at I feel like if you got to do it, do it. But if you're gonna <laughs> do, fake, it. do it. That's come on, man. <laughs> if you're gonna do it, just do it and say, well, I had to go. Yeah, uh, such an aggressive. Ce- there's like of all the celebrations that you have in the deck, you choose to pull out the fake peeing like a dog one. I don't know, man. But to um, each their own. The I, those guys are interesting to me, right? Elijah Moore came back had an unbelievable year, unbelievable in that Lane Kiffin offense. That Ole Miss offense was really fun to watch. But so you go from that to to having this great year and I don't even think people I'm not saying people dismiss it but I think the way the situation was handled what he's done since I think uh, you know it certainly makes you check into those situations if you're an NFL team and Marco Wilson's been asked about the shoe toss I really root for these guys is really the moral of this story I don't think it's going to hurt them like I don't believe that the shoe toss and the the end zone incident is going to hurt their draft stock do you Ooh, um, I, you know, I think it could. I think some teams could be turned off by that. Now, it's a, 
it's a harmless thing. He got caught in the moment. Football is a very emotional game. I get that. I think in the long run, it wouldn't affect him. But maybe there's one or two teams out there that saw that and are like, yeah, this isn't, you know, I mean, for instance, if it was like Bill Belichick, yeah, he's this, this doesn't fit the Patriot mold. This doesn't fit the, I don't know, pick your team. Yeah, I get it. Um, the What I wonder about it here, Austin, this is why I say I don't know if it hurts him. In fact, I might as go as far as it could help him. And the reason I say it is because I think it makes you deep dive more into the player and who they are. And I, I read the article uh, on ESPN about specifically Marco Wilson. It mentioned the Elijah Moore uh, story, but the the – the Marco Wilson story. And as you deep dive into it, you realize, listen, this guy's not a knucklehead. This guy's not a bad apple. This guy's a good player, and it got caught up in a moment, and it really hurt the football team. And he grew from it, you know? I mean, the the, the way he handled it, uh, the way he handled social media and the abuse that happens. And, and we've talked about so many times, you know, in this day and age. And so... I actually think you deep dive as a team into a kid like that, and you learn more about him, and it almost makes you root for him, Austin. It almost makes you say, hey, I, I want to give this guy. This guy's a good player. That was a one-time thing. That ain't happening again. Like, I almost don't have to worry about that because that's not happening again. And so I think it could actually benefit these two guys. Now, they're listen, Moore's play was unbelievable at Ole Miss. This play spoke for itself, and that's going to benefit him, maybe even get him into the first round, some say. Uh, Marco Wilson, not so much in terms of his draft stock. But I kind of flip it around, and, and I think it could help these guys. Yeah, I, I mean, once again, it, it was a harmless incident. Yeah, he threw a shoe. I get it. Like, if you go back, and I should get this up sometime. But if you go back and watch what I did during my college career, exactly. like w- when I had a, a quarterback sack or a tackle for loss, like the uh, shout out to first of all, shout out to the OVC refs that were <laughs> refing our games. Because, no, I kid you not, like we'd run like to the middle of the field, and then you know like how the taking the pictures thing was is big now in the NFL. Oh yeah, well, we, we used to do that, but it was with a fake camera. Like one of the players would have like a like a, a fake camera and then take pictures of all of us like while we're posing and everything. And, like, that was for a tackle for loss. Like, we were super aggressive, uh, and we never got in trouble for it. We never got flagged on it, and the coaches always preached to have fun, so we were having fun with it. I think the one detriment, though, this year to a guy like that, for an example, yeah, you see the shoe incident, and you do a little more background on this dude. And, obviously, the meetings are going to bring this up. But keep in mind, we don't have the combine to go off of now. All we have are essentially Zoom interviews. We, we can't even talk to these people in person. You can't even shake their hand, look them in the eye, and try to maybe add a little intimidation and see how they handle it. Everything is done over Zoom now. So when you have a guy like that who, you know, there was an incident, let's just say, and then you ask him about it, well, the advantage is on his side because he's not nervous. He's sitting in the confines of his own home or the, the confines of the place that he's working out at, and he doesn't feel any pressure. It's when you're at the combine and you, you're coming through these ordeals where, you know, and once again, whether it's throwing a shoe, whether it's uh, a crazy end zone celebration, whatever the case may be, when that takes part in like a meeting at a combine in front of people, you know, the, the bright lights beating down on you, almost like you're getting interrogated in an FBI movie, that's the pressure. That can make you feel sick. Over Zoom, you, you get nothing from it. So... I wonder how the coaches and everybody are going to handle the situation where it's like, okay, well, he says he was sorry. He says he's moved on from it. But can we really tell? 
can we really tell from a Zoom interview that goes in and out every once in a while? I'm not sure. Yeah, I, that's a good call, man. I yeah, I, I get that. I think that's um, that's fair. I, I I guess at the end of the day, you can. I, I this is probably even. I, I don't think it hurts them. I think it actually could make some people like. That's what's happening for me. I read that article. And I think about it a little bit more. And you got to be—I uh, got to be honest with you. You know, this is my way of thinking now. I put like my kids in these situations a lot, and, and say, "Man, I mean, okay, what if this happened to them? Or what if this? Or what if that didn't even happen?" But what you have to deal with now on social media from fans, from from everything else, and you know, you try your best to stay away from it. Uh, the old "enter the arena," right? I mean, I absolutely love that quote because you you just don't know. You can get all the glory, but you can also mishap, misstep, make a mistake. It doesn't define you, most people, um, but it is what it is, and you have to deal with it. And, and young people have to deal with it more than ever before uh, in a different kind of way. Uh, guys have been dealing with this, especially at the professional ranks and big-time college athletes for a long, long time. But now everybody has to do it. Every misstep, uh, athlete or not, really, uh, you stumble in the parking lot, there's video of it, you know, and you become viral. So I think about it in that context, and I look at the Marco Wilson story, and I'm like, man, I, I, I root for that guy now. Like I do. I, I think, listen, he, he 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 paid the price. I mean, it was a penalty. It should have been a penalty. It cost him the football game, or at least part of the game. It might have cost him a chance at more. Um, you you got to live with it. That's sports. I mean, you can make a physical error in a game as well, um, and not just a mental error, and that can cost you. That's sports. That's that's the the cost of playing uh, for the highs and the lows. No, uh, yeah. And so I don't mind that part, but I just don't think it should hurt them too much down the road. In fact, uh, again, I, I continue to say it uh, for more as well. I, I find myself rooting for these guys. I find myself rooting to them overcome that adversity. Uh, you know, learn from it in such a way that they channel it and they become like really good football players. And from that standpoint, Austin, I kind of go back to the Sean Wade's and the Marvin Wilsons, and although they didn't make those kinds of incidents uh, and they didn't have those issues, their play wasn't as strong. I just feel like you can get a whole lot of value in this draft from players like that. Whether they went back, didn't perform as well, whether these two guys had a couple of things that might have hurt their draft stock a little bit, uh, I think there's a lot of value in players like that. Tell you what, if my son decides to play football and he gets a scholarship and plays college football and he throws a shoe like Marco Wilson did, I'm not even going to say anything about it. Just going to drive down wherever he's playing. It could be in California as far as I'm concerned. I'll drive to California. I will storm that dorm room, and I will take away his PlayStation probably eight or nine at the time, and I will take it back home with me. <laughs> and you will lose your PlayStation privileges. Not going to fight you. Not going to yell at you. You're a grown man, but I will be taking your PlayStation away. <laughs> that's, that's punishment, all right. <laughs> well, because, hey, if he's anything like his old man was, a, a video game junkie in college, it's going to mean the most to him. I was, You know, if they knew, how much you would fight in practices? Would your draft stock have dropped? No, they would No, I wish they would have known more about it. Because <laughs> back then, that's that was oh, this kid, this kid cares. This this kid's got he's got the blue collar mentality. He's relentless. We need those type of guys in our team. They, they would celebrate it. You kidding me? <laughs> Are you Maybe. kidding me? I, I I don't know. I mean, either that or their coach. The coaches are sitting there thinking, fifteen yards, fifteen yards, fifteen Brent, yards. Brent, <laughs> we're doing Oklahoma drills. My first and second year of of, of NFL football. I think they would have embraced it. <laughs> That's a good. What point. do you mean that they would? Oh, what do you think? You think I'm gonna get in a fight in practice? Like, oh, the, 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 this kid cares too much. I, I want him offered. Nope. 
He, we're not drafting this kid. He cares way too much. He's way too aggressive. Nope, we can't work with this kid. Let's go someplace else. Come on, Brent. Yeah, I guess. Come on, Brent. So they like, they encourage that stuff. They used to nowadays, you know, it's yeah, probably frowned upon. <laughs> it's probably frowned upon now. Uh, probably a little bit. All right, let's take a time out. We come back. Uh, might have some video for you, Coos. I think I got it working. I think I got it working, so you can check it out. By the way, we got all sorts of new things. Say, what happened to Periscope, Coos? Periscope is gone. We're still on Twitter, though. We're still we on are Twitter, on though. Twitter, I know. And, and so it's kind of the same, right? I mean, Twitter and Periscope. But I, can't, I can't wait to see your video, though, because it sounds like you're right underneath a jet engine. So I can't wait to see where exactly you are right now, because <laughs> you could be at, like, you know, International Airport, as far is, as I'm concerned. Is the wind that loud? It's noticeable. Is it? It's noticeable. It's not that much. I do my best. I actually got behind, like, the, the um, press box area, so I'd block some of it. But mm. it's hard to block all of it. It's a little windy out here today. It's a nice day, though. Bartram Trail High School. Got a little baseball on baseball opening day, man. Let's just be outside and celebrate it. <laughs> the listeners will deal with it. They're cool. We appreciate them. We'll be back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I have heard that some of the concerns about him, and, and, and concerns maybe is a little too much of a dramatic word, but some of the issues that have come up is he may hold the ball a little past his first read. And when you watch him play at Ohio State, you, you see that. But he's being compared to, to guys like Mac Jones. Seems to be a little slightly more sophisticated in that space. So uh, I think that's, that's something that's being discussed. But, but I still think he's one of these quarterbacks that a team is going to be able to take. That is Diana Rossini, who was a year early on the Doug Marone firing. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. I got it, Coos? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I need affirmation, Coos. Although I was pretty dang confident there. How about George Kittle, April Fool's Day? He tweets, next chapter, thanks to the faithful for all the support, hashtag Duval. Yeah. You, George, you're messing with us. Put him, put him, well, yeah, I mean, he put, he put himself in the in the old school multicolored uniform. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, what, doesn't it look good for a moment, though? Just a dream. Kind of ticked me off. I'm not going to lie. Kind of ticked me off I was going to say, bit. are Jags fans mad about this, or do you chuckle I don't, this? it's... <laughs> I would be mad because he used Fool- us as the butt of the joke. Yeah. Well, he knows they need tight ends. Though. You know, I mean, it's. So, I don't know. It's. Uh, I like that April he's in Fools. tune with the Jags. Like, he's in tune that the Jags need a tight end so badly that yeah. he used them as the example. I don't know. I guess I don't. The whole April Fool's joke thing, like, unless it's. And it's hard to, like, pass it off now with social media. So, like, everything that gets said, like, for instance, I don't think Roy Williams is going to re- retire. I think that was an April Fool's show. <laughs> yeah, you still think that's why would you? Why would you retire <laughs> on April Fool's Day? I know. It's all weird. Days. It's but, a little old school, though. Yeah, I don't care about that. But I'm just not a, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm not a big April Fool's joke kind of guy. Like, I have played jokes. Kuz, you ever play a joke before? April Fool's? I, I have did, a good one. I did one when I was in, um... <clears throat> middle school i had a teacher write me up a fake in school suspension yeah that i came home with yeah. and uh my mom was very upset with me and then when she realized it was <laughs> it was uh, yeah. fake and, yeah i still got in trouble i think oh so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we call a lose-lose situation yeah play Friend? stupid games win stupid prizes I, I like that man any good uh, april fool's jokes pranks nah, not really man nothing not you know i i always remember the, the one person that did the April Fool's stuff to me in a very minor way when we were kids, like when we were like five, six, seven years old, was my grandfather. 
And so he would drop off like a box. I just remember he did this annually. I think it took us a couple years to figure it out at that age. (laughs) He would drop off a box to us, and like my mom would be like, "Eh, that's from Poppy." We called him Poppy, and uh, and uh, it would be this big box. And so, like my sister, she was a little older, so she'd start opening the box, and then there'd be another box, and then there'd be another box. And I mean, it was like fifteen boxes, and ends up being like a piece of candy at the like in the smallest (laughs) box, you know? You know, and we're sitting there opening and opening, like, "What's this gonna be?" You know? And so that was the only thing I really remember about April Fool's Day. It kind of takes me way, way back. Um, but he would do that for a few years um, on April Fool's. That's the only time I've really said. Now, listen, everybody will try to get you. I understand that. Oh, but yeah. The, the thing I like about this, Austin, is this is I haven't seen this very much. It's a player kind of going that route, you know. And it, it shows you, like, players aren't afraid to do that stuff. Right now, I think, yeah, I think but, for a while players were afraid to do that kind of. Am I going to mess up the league uh, or upset oh, the league? Yeah, am I going to upset yeah. San Francisco? Am I going to upset the fans? Am I, so I like that players can be comfortable and be like, "Hey, let's have some fun," right? Yeah. And, and that's to me. That's why I don't mind this one at all. Everybody knows it's not reality. Sure. So the best April Fool, well, not probably the best, but one of the April Fools jokes that I played um, was on an ex-girlfriend at the time when I played at Murray State, and she was an athletic trainer there, uh, and we we're going through spring ball. So what I did, this is my junior year, what we did was we got uh, a softball player who was, like, kind of walking down with me from class to the stadium because we all practiced under the same place, kind of. So the softball player uh, used her cell phone, called, like, the team doctor's, like, phone line, which is, like, it's like a landline, called the doctor line and said, "Um, can we talk to, you know, so-and-so, Austin uh, has been in a severe car accident, Um, he's going through surgery right now, and you need to come, and, you know, so, like, so she's she's in the training room, gets up, runs, starts crying, and, like, the best part is, like, I'm waiting outside the stadium to surprise her, so she's She's walking up, walking up. She's running, and she's, like, in tears. I go, what up? And, like, she kind of fell over a little bit. And then, obviously, we didn't, we didn't last much longer after that. So <laughs> it was a joke for the ages. I was going to say how to break up with a girlfriend if yeah. you don't know how to do it. Yeah, I, I, just remember, I just remember hearing over and over what the you know bleep is wrong with you. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's a little over the top, man. Hey, Brent. <laughs> I'm an over-the-top kind of guy. Yeah, what are you, you talking are. about? Over-the-top. Turn that hat backwards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, happy April Fool's Day. You won't be getting it. I do think the Roy Williams thing is real. I think it better be. Duke's like issuing statements and every everybody else is too. <laughs> Talk a little about Roy Williams. We'll get to the phone lines as well. And obviously a lot more football. On the way, plus shock your mock. It's coming up in a little bit. We're live at Barton Trail High School. We've got a good baseball game and softball game over here tonight. We'll be back on ESPN 690.